I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. All right, welcome back. Here's another episode of Yes, You Guessed It, Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. I'm very happy to be here. We are. Thank you for coming to listen to us again. Coming, I suppose you're just sitting there. Pretty Thank much. you for listening to us again, <laughs> wherever you're, wherever you're sitting right. as you're as you're listening, or standing, or walking, or gardening, or whatever the hell you're doing. Um, we are we are happy that you're here. Please uh, share the podcast with your friends if you think somebody uh, would like some of this information, and like us. Um, all those, oh, please like us. Uh, you know, that sounds so loser It does, right. you say it. That's but, right. But there you go. Um, there is like a little like button. So if you if you press that, that would be terrific. We really do appreciate it. It helps yep. us out. We really do. Um, and today, we're going to take a few minutes. We're going to do uh, a question and answer show. So we've got some questions uh, teed up. But before we do that, we're going to take a little look behind the curtain Ooh. of Renovation Made Right. Yes. Right? And we did have a listener suggest that, and you, you've heard us, you've heard us talk about our ace producer, Meryl. Yes. Right. And uh, and and you know we've and the listener suggested you know we should hear from Meryl, right? And so she. I gets, agree because we talk about Meryl all the time. Right. Well, and Mer- I, yeah. Meryl doesn't have a mic next to her, so no. she has to just sit there like she's doing right now, nodding. So but Meryl, she does so today. Use, use your voice, Meryl. Hi. Uh, <laughs> so, so we are going to uh, do a little chat with Meryl. And uh, so Meryl normally uh, gets to just sort of sit there and control the board and make sure that everything's right in terms of the levels and, and so forth. And she flashes like five, ten. And she tells you know, us like, when we're getting like to the sh- end. Shut up, right? people. And then, stop she f- and then she scowls at me when I hit the microphone or when I do something weird or when you, you click you, your pen. Yeah. So I get a mean look. This is, this is what Davis is a nervous talker. So he does. You're not a nervous talker. We're not, we're not allowed to have clickable is, pens in here. No, anymore. exactly. We took away the clicker it, pens. It's not that I'm nervous. It's just that no, I'm, no, you're I just, have busy hands. Yeah, I have. I like. I'm. I'm no. So. Yeah, whatever it is, you're. It's. It's annoying. And then both of us glare at you, like, what the heck there's are a, you doing? Yeah, there's a lot of Sir. glaring, and it's always glaring toward me. And I think I'm actually not that bad of a guy, you know. <laughs> but I get glared at a lot. I have a lot of practice. So, yeah, right. so Meryl, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Brenda. Yeah. It's great so to be here. It's yeah. good to hear your voice. And I want. I want to actually uh, plug Meryl. Meryl is uh, our company's marketing manager. And I'm pretty sure that what I'm about to say is 100% right, but that before we started the podcast, you had not ever produced a podcast. This is true, yes. You, you had to uh, learn from essentially, I'm sure you've listened to plenty of podcasts, but you've never been on this, on this side of it, right? And so I tasked Meryl with figuring out what we need for equipment to do this, what we need for software to do this, and, and to essentially pull together from nothing – 
the idea of us being able to produce our own podcast mm-hmm. in-house. Yeah, so stop right? talking and let her... Uh, I just wanted to we tell... We want to hear Meryl punch. Yeah, no, so that is mostly correct. Um, <laughs> I, that's, about my, that's about my form right there, mostly no, no. correct. <laughs> uh, I grew up in a household where my, my father is a uh, musician, not professionally, but for fun. So he always had all the recording equipment, all of the... The sound decks, um, the microphone setups, all of that. So I've always kind of been around the like audio technical side of things, um, just kind of for fun, though. Mm-hmm. I've never done this professionally before this or anything like that, but I've messed around with mixing boards and, and what have you. So I wasn't like starting completely from square one, but, um, you know, it's it's not once you figure out exactly what you need to do, what you need for it and kind of have a system going, it's really not that you know, difficult. It's mostly just glaring at you. But, but in fairness, I, I think... <laughs> that's I think, the job is mostly just glaring. Yeah, gla- yeah, and you're a good glarer. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> but in fairness, you're being... You're, I don't think you're really taking as much credit as you should because... Um, you, The board is only one part of it. Getting the board side of it right, getting the sound right. You then take the junk that we spew and have to edit it and clean it up and make it sound professional. These shows are probably four hours long and she has to edit it down to like, you know, 20 minutes to make us sound good because there's just a lot of crap. There's a lot of like mouth noises that I end up having. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, And and, and so, (laughs) so you actually needed to become competent at editing and you and after the shows were done you do the editing you br- had you know brought the music track in you did you know you do the the you time the intro and the outro all, there's all of that stuff because quite honestly what do i know i don't know from i listen to plenty of podcasts um and you can hear a well-produced one that sounds fairly professional and you can hear a homespun one and i feel like you do a really nice job at making us sound professional thanks dave yeah. Yeah. But you had no real background in that. Not really. No. And it's in like to preface, it's that's not like something typically a marketing manager would do. Got that. You would typically like hire a producer or a, a, a sound engineer or something. Right. So but we're on a budget here. It's and true. We're a small company. Yeah. It's true. But yeah. it's really fun. Yeah. And so that's fine. Right. And, I don't mind. Yeah. And so we wanted uh, listeners to hear Meryl's voice and uh, have a chance to get to know her a little bit. Um, and, uh, and also quite honestly, give her props for, uh, for putting out a podcast that I'm proud of. I think it, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it sounds nice. And, and, uh, and I've had numbers of people say, so your podcast sounds really professional. So who's doing that for you? Well, our, our last guest came in and, and was like, wow, this, this is amazing. And I'm thinking. I don't know. It's kind of run off a cart. We have a podcast <laughs> cart. We used to have a studio. We used to, have, yeah. We don't exactly. have a studio anymore. I know yeah. we got we grew too much, and the office had to go. So, yeah, I I the fact that you can make us sound professional, kudos to you, really. Right. Thanks, really. Brenda. Yeah, I appreciate you, it. You just, yeah. Because I think Warms we're just, my heart. just hacking our way through I'll here. try not to glare as much this episode, Dave. No, 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 glare. No, I like the glaring. <laughs> so, it makes anyway. me feel like I'm not alone. We just wanted folks to know uh, a little bit of some of the horsepower behind what's making this work and, uh, and, that, um, and we're appreciative and that Meryl actually does have a voice and not just a name that we talk about, mm-hmm. right? And that uh, she can be part of this. Now, as part of our Q&A, it so happens that Meryl lives in an old home. I do. 
I yeah. do. Yeah, tell us about your home now. Yeah. So um, we purchased our home in late 2019 after searching, I think, for like nine months. And that was when the market was really, really crazy. And things were going like literally in a day. So well, we. It's better than 2020 when it really got bad. This is true. But um, so we, you know, had this idea in our head that we would buy an older home, not necessarily because, you know, we really love creaky floors and, and you know, really shoddy, um, you know, homeowner specials. But um, I love homes with character mm-hmm. and history to them. Mm-hmm. And so we purchased our home. Um, it's It was built in 1920, I believe. And I think, yeah, 1920, because the city of Manchester, New Hampshire, sent us a little letter saying, congrats, your home's real old. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's like technically a historical home because of the mills, all that, regardless. Mm-hmm. But it has quirks that many old homes do. What, it, kind of, what style of home is it? So it's, I think it's technically classified as a Cape Cod um, mm-hmm. because it is one and a half stories. Mm-hmm. So our second floor, all of the walls are sloped, which makes everything really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, like our bathroom wall is sloped, mm-hmm. which means we have a really stupid configuration to how that's all worked out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're eventually going to have to figure out a solution to that. But um, we it, have some good designers here who can help. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was thinking that. But um, it's, you know, it's definitely a challenge. But there are some quirks about it that make it very, um, you know, and I'm a first time homeowner. I'm, you know, relatively young to be a homeowner. So I'm kind of learning on the fly. Well, you found out from your from your cousin that you're actually you were born in the 90s, oh, in gosh. which case you're really old. Yeah, so we were talking about this before the show, and yeah. I have a cousin who is a teenager and was saying, oh, uh, you were born in the 90s? And I said, well, yeah. And he's like, oh, you must be really tired, really old and tired. <laughs> and Freaking kids. that's, you know, okay, thank you. Really, that's really sweet. Um <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, I'm just kind of learning on the fly with homeownership and um, luckily working here has been great because I learned so much and I can ask pretty much anyone all of the burning home improvement questions I have and no one really yells at me. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I'm having this problem where I've realized recently our home is very drafty and we're trying to figure that out. We've replaced the windows and doors and all that fun stuff. Come to find out, I don't think our exterior walls have any insulation in them. And I don't know if that's normal. I have no idea. But I feel like that needs to be fixed. And I'd love to <laughs> learn from you guys. What what do I do about that? Well, it there might be insulation or there might have been insulation. But the insulation that was available 200 years ago was like corn husks. And well, 100 years ago, but yes, it was. It was did I, what is it? Two. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 100 right. years Just ago was still. the century. Corn, corn husks. husks, really? Sure, Seriously. yeah. That was a thing? Yeah, yeah. That was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ground up corn husks was insulation. And then um, and the other thing was just, you know, paper, newspapers. But they disintegrate with time, you know. So so even if somebody had insulated your home, it might have just, you know, turned into dust by now. Right, right. Um, so a couple things to think about. One uh, is... We'll we'll go back. You're gonna to have to go back and listen to one of our energy efficiency podcasts that we did so well because one of the things to be mindful of is this thing called the stack effect, right? And so um, you might be getting draftiness happening because your air, your house is uninsulated. And there's a lot of air movement going on. That's a possibility. Um, fi- have you done anything by way of air sealing and insulation? I'm assuming because your house is a cape, you probably have a a little section of flat ceiling, but not too much. 
Yeah, not too much. We do have like a funky attic space where yep. you can stand up in it, but only a little you can. bit. Right in the middle. Just wow. in the middle. Okay. So do you have it's like, a a, weird... like a, like a what, what's it called? Why am I, why am I having trouble? Either a pull down stair or yes. a, oh, scuttle you hole? have a pull down. Yes. Yeah, scuttle hole. That was the word. Was <laughs> Is that what that's they're called? Bit, okay. Yes. No, I have a pull down stair to yeah. access the attic space. Okay. So for a lot of capes, um, that, that must mean you have a relatively steep slope on the roof. A 12, 12 pitch or Very something. Very much. Okay. Yes. Perfect. That's actually a good thing for you. Um, so there's opportunities on the insulation side in the attic. Typically, I believe the best thing to do is to start from the top of the building and work your way down to try to solve leakage problems. Um, and, and typically, even though you've done the windows, normally I would do, I would suggest those to be the last thing, but you're already there, right? So that's, I bought, I bought the house with the windows redone. So oh, okay. I didn't actually have to touch those, perfect. which is a huge bonus. Nope. That's perfect. So, um, so now there's an opportunity you can call the, the right company will come in and someone will do an energy audit for you in your home. Uh, which uh, if you do that during the colder weather, they would typically bring an infrared gun and then infrared gun would show um, where there's problems in the house, right? And so, so they um, could just they could see where where all your nice warm air was leaking. And out. that's true of the attic. In, well, in your case, the attic and the roof are the same. You have a bit of an attic, but you have a lot of sloped roof, right? And in an older home like yours, the rafters are probably relatively thin, um, unlikely to be any bigger than two by eights. Very possible to be two by sixes, right? So at a hundred years old it would actually be a legitimate two by six where they, where the rafters actually a full six inches thick. Mm-hmm. Um, and as opposed to nominal. Not right. right. There you go. Do you want to explain the difference? Not no. no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, gee, thanks. <laughs> but okay, thank you look for, this up people. Yeah. Look up the difference between actual and nominal right. uh, dimensions. And so, Google it. uh, so the, uh, the, the, you've got that cavity now that if it's not insulated or if it's not insulated in a meaningful way, it's like a uh, you know super highway for drafts, right? Because you're heating the house, and as you're heating the house, the surfaces of the house are getting heated, and that then creates what they call convective currents in the rafter bays or in the stud bays. So if there's not good insulation there, air is moving all the time, and so what's what's really happening is the air that's that's right up against your plaster. Do you have plaster now, or is it sheetrock? Does somebody uh, redone I it? have plaster. Okay, so that probably that's another important tell. If you have plaster in place, it probably means that it hasn't been gutted, right? And if it hasn't been gutted, also more likely that unless they did something at some point in time, which we'll talk about that in a second, uh, you may not have much in the way of insulation there. So what that means is that the the backside of the plasterboard is getting the heat that you generate, right? And so as that plasterboard gets warm, then the inside surface of the rafters get warm, and now that air circulates, and cold air that's touching the roof takes its place. So there's this constant convective current happening in your rafters where you're paying to heat the, 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 the room, which heats the rafter, which then cools back down because it's there's a there's a roof bay right right, there, right? so the warm air is rising it's basically sucking cold air and making the a of making the like a little vortex that's right. constantly circulating around yep. same thing is happening actually in your studs as well mm-hmm. is that air you can't see it per se but that air is also circulating around and so the air you warm up inside the rafter bay circulates around to the outside it gets cold again and does it again and keeps going and going over. now the the answer to that is stopping the air movement and at the same time, increasing your R value. And we've talked in previous shows about R value. R value is a measure of resistance, about how hard it is or easy it is for heat or cold to move from one place to another, mm-hmm. right? The higher the R value, the more difficult it is for air to move, right? So you you want to aspire to a high R value within reason. There's a point in time when it becomes a, a diminishing return and it's not worth it, right? Um, and your exterior walls will be two by four walls. And again, full thickness, two by four walls. 
Um, and, you know, today you can get that in a dense pack installation. And we'll talk about that in a second. You can get that up to an R13, probably something like that in a wall. But there are two ways for you to retrofit insulation in your house without doing demolition. Obviously, doing demolition is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Doing demolition is probably the best way to perfect the envelope, but that means gutting the house to the studs. Yeah, That's a expensive. big deal, right. right? I don't want to do that. I'm sorry. Right, and no, and no, very few people do, right? So um, has your house been vinyl-sided? Yes. Okay. So one thing that you can do to figure out what's going on, first of all, the, the, the infrared gun will tell you a lot about whether there's problems, right? A house of that age that has been vinyl sided already, it's highly likely that they have blown insulation in there. Okay. Okay. Um, you can tell that potentially by taking out a couple of electrical receptacles and seeing, you know, if you do somewhere around the electrical box, you can you, you can see if there's dense pack insulation in there. Cellulose insulation is uh, just what it's. A cellulose is newspaper. It's ground up newspaper turned into a, a sort of a fibrous powder, not powder, but a fibrous uh, like fluff, powder. right? Yeah. And when an installer is doing it properly, they're uh, using high pressure air and they're pumping uh, cellulose insulation in, but in but they're actually what they call dense packing it, right? In an open attic where you have just open airspace, you let the cellulose fl get fluffy. You actually let it loft and you let it, the, the higher the cellulose gets, the more R value you get, it's nice and fluffy. In your walls and in your roof, probably, depending on the application, you wanna dense pack it as tightly as you can um, because as you're dense packing it, you're now stopping those currents, mm -hmm. right? So not only are you in, you're introducing R value, but you're squishing it tight, and the more the tighter you squish it, the less air moves around it. Fiberglass actually is a problem in some cases because fiberglass never um, gets like, that tight. If you if you exactly if you compress it too much, it stops being you lose useful. the R value, right, right? Exactly. And so fiberglass does let air filter through it, right? So it's not that that's there are ways to deal with that so air isn't a problem and fiberglass still works in new construction. That's fine. But you wouldn't want to use it necessarily in uh, in retrofit insulation where you're trying to get that that insulation as tight as possible. There's also some some risks in doing that because as the insulators are doing it, if they're doing a good job, they really want to make it tight. And there are some scenarios where if the walls aren't in good shape, it can actually push the plaster off the stud, right? Or it can push the plaster off the lath mm -hmm. um, and cause some problems. If your walls are in good shape and there's no reason to believe that they're not well secured, you should be fine. But that's the first thing is figure out with an infrared gun, do I have voids, right? And then you'll see the difference because it'll show up, parts of your exterior wall will show up as blue or cold. Um, and what you also may find is, yes, it was dense packed. It was dense packed poorly or dense packed years ago. And that insulation settled, settled mm -hmm. right? And so you'll, have, you'll be in a situation where you might see the top 16 inches of having lots of blue. And as you move further down the wall, lots of red. the wall gets warmer and warmer. Right, and that's not what should be. If anything, the no, top, the, other way. the top of the wall. No, as no, it, 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 as it compresses, yeah, the, the insulation is falling down. So it, wouldn't the top be red and the bottom no? Be because blue? because often it's not well dense packed and it settles. Oh, oh. and leaves you a hole at the hole. top. Right, so when the that's insulation settles, and that's when with an infrared gun you see that as blue. That's cold. Right, so because when it settles. It's an empty open space with no insulation, and now you're getting just the outside cold right in that, the top of that cavity, right? So, um, however, even though the heat's rising, the heat rising is you know making that surface look warmer, but the reality is from the outside, okay, you see confused. it. What's confusing? Well, confusing to me because I, I always think if you see, if you're using an infrared gun or a camera, 
the, st the stuff that's showing up red is hot, which means you're seeing the air. That's well, so so you the, the heat from inside the house ex escaping, mm. and blue would indicate that it's the same temperature as the outside, in which case the heat is not escaping. No, so so the all the infrared gun is doing is is putting a color to temperature. So it chooses to say. It, it, so when you shoot the gun at the wall, it'll tell you the temperature. The surface temperature of the wall is 76 degrees, mm -hmm. and it's going to assign a ready orange color to that. Mm -hmm. You shoot the temperature, you shoot the gun at the ceiling. If the ceiling has no insulation, then the ceiling is going to be colder, and the surface temperature of the ceiling is going to be 65 degrees, and it's going to attach a blue color to oh, that. Oh, you're talking right. about inside the house Correct. as opposed to and, outside But the both house. work. Both work. So I right? was confused because yeah. I was thinking like, okay, you're, you're, you're aiming this from the outside of the house, in which case you'd want to see the opposite. And, but and inside the house, you'd exactly. want to, right. Okay, that's exactly gotcha. Right. right, that's exactly right. All right. right. So, um, so anyway, that's... two different things. Yeah. This is how communication works. <laughs> so that's how, uh, that's how I would purchase first. Now, same issue actually happens in your rafters. Same issue happens in your flat spots. So getting someone out to come, and, then, and the state of New Hampshire has the energy efficiency program. And they will send an auditor out to your home to uh, to check it out, give you some free light bulbs. Their program is not as robust as the Massachusetts program, but there's still a program there. And you can get some of that work done at lesser cost. And if the auditor is doing a good job and you know the questions to ask and to watch the process, you can get a better hand understanding of, of where the real problems are. Right, A bunch of the problems will be around air sealing. Um, and there's and, and your auditor can walk work with you about that and solve that problem. Um, and also where the house meets the foundation. I happen to know from prior conversations, your basement's finished. Um, but is it suspended ceiling or a sheetrock ceiling? I can't recall. Uh, suspended. Perfect. It really shouldn't be. But, okay. uh, but you know. Is. Yeah. It, but that actually is, it plays well to you because where the house meets the foundation is a big source of leakage. And that can get fixed with foam. Right with uh, with air sealing material, and so, you won't see it. Yeah, so, you, yeah you know, so. because you have a drop ceiling underneath it, and it's easy to get to. You can slide the panels out of the way. A technician can get in there and do the work. So, yeah. um, so those are the things. I, first thing I go after is uh, is a serve is a um, energy assessment from an auditor that knows what they're doing, um, and then the likelihood is cellulose. However, there's one more product that's a pretty cool product that can be done. In place of foam, I mean, in place of cellulose, or in addition to cellulose, there is a uh, there's a, a foam product in the market that they inject into your walls, similarly to spray foam. But while spray foam requires the installer to actually try to pressurize it and stomp it down, kind of essentially with a tube on the outside of the house, this foam is expanding, and they stick a tube in the outside again. But the foam finds like every nook and cranny. And it expands, but it doesn't expand in a way that would actually create, it, it never expands to a point where it could hurt your it's going to blow the house apart, so. right? Um, and there are some foams that can do that, but this particular foam is much more like the consistency of shaving cream. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, uh, has no harmful chemicals so in it. So it doesn't like harden? It does. Oh. It does eventually harden, but it comes in pretty liquidy, if you will. Um, and then when it eventually hardens, it now provides sort of a complete air seal in the cavities. And because it's sort of runny when it first goes in, it will work its way through the voids. So let's say you have, let's say you had mice in your insulation in the walls, and over the course of the last 50 years, they've been running around making tracks everywhere, right? The foam will actually find those voids and fill those voids and do everything it can to plug up any holes you have. What's right? the name of that stuff, do you know? Uh, so the, the actual, I apologize. I don't actually know the, it's, it's, it's a, uh, 
We'll put it in the show notes. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, there there is an expanding foam product. There's a couple of companies in the round that do it, but it's a specialized foam that gets mixed on site mm-hmm. um, in a in a trailer. That's a it's a powder base and a water chemical that that comes to a water combined with a powder that creates the final product. Um, and it's a pretty neat solution and works really well. So cool. Um, so that's how I'd go. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. No problem. Awesome. So we are going to wrap it up. Thank you, Meryl. We normally normally like to do more than one question, but between the get to know Meryl and between that one question and me blabbering too much, that's what we get. (laughs) Here we go. I feel like this is my fault somehow. No, 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 no. I think we all know whose fault it is. I think if we look at the volume of words that are coming out, I pull up a very distant second. And, and you, just in this one show, are still third. Well, so unless we're talking fine. about, like, the color wheel or something, or design. Yeah. And then I can't clam you up. I know, because that's the fun stuff. <laughs> it's the stuff worth talking about. All right. All right, folks. Thank you for joining us again. This has been another edition of Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. And I am the very put-upon David Bryan. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.